Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Everybody, I believe everybody is now out of school. Finally, HISD, one of the bigger districts in the state of Texas, finally out of school this week. Uh, I have on the podcast Rick Higginbotham, and Rick is somebody that was on the podcast for the 12 state directors that made it to state this past year. And, you know, I wanted to do that episode last year, but of course, for obvious reasons, I was not able to. But that's a really big episode for not just me, but I think just for the state of Texas. And uh, I know the TXETA was excited about that episode and uh, it was fun to quickly get to know people uh, and their backgrounds, like in kind of a, almost like a speed dating kind of way. So Rick was one of those people that I had on. I've reached out to quite a few of them. Uh, not everybody, I, I haven't heard back from everybody, so maybe they didn't enjoy the experience, but uh, I've reached out to quite a few to have them back on for a full session for the summer. So Rick was kind enough to come on and you're gonna hear immediately, uh, Rick has just the coolest voice and uh, we didn't really get into his time in radio, but Rick spent uh, a few years uh, before teaching in radio and then and then he spent time, once he was in teaching, he, he went off to do radio again uh, and took a little break from teaching. So that's. It's kind of uh, a little bit of the story. I don't think we really get into that too, too much in this interview. A uh, couple of things happened this week. One, I'm not going to even touch, but uh, if you saw the email, you know what happened. Um, it's an unfortunate incident. I don't know details. All I know is that the the fall guy wasn't the uh, guilty guy. That's the only, only bit of fact that I know, and I'm not going to discuss it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then check your email, check your spam, because uh, I know that some of those emails go to the spam. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's an unfortunate event, and uh, I don't know anything about it, so why talk about it? Why spread rumors? The family and I are in the thick of moving. We are closing on our new house this week, so that should be fun. Uh, I will hopefully continue to keep producing content for you. I have some interviews in the can. Uh, I talked to Aaron Moore. I talked to Kyle Martin. I talked to Dr. Jeffrey Douglas, uh, who a lot of you, I can't wait for that interview to come out. A lot of a lot of people don't know Jeffrey Douglas. He's not a Texas guy. He's from Georgia, but he now teaches in Texas. And boy, I'm just telling you, circle that circle that one. That's that's a good one to listen to. Not that the others weren't, but. The perspective from Dr. Douglas, who is uh, all but like 20 years old. Just kidding. He's, he's just, he's young for a doctor. Um, but he, his, his insight, his perspective on theater is just unique. Let's say that. And also he got his PhD for theater, you know, for the art. So I'm not going to talk about that, but this is Rick's episode. And I want to thank Rick. If you want to see Rick, you can actually go out to the Texas Shakespeare Festival and he still acts. He's still a very active performer there. So you can go out and see him there if you wish. If you like his voice on here, go go watch him. 
I'm sure he would appreciate that. And then uh, hold up a sign that says, I heard you on Minor Wisdom. Uh, speaking of which, make sure you leave a five-star review and maybe you can leave a nice little comment or whatevs. But follow me on Twitter at Mr. Blake Minor or friend me on Facebook. Again, I get quite a few friend requests. You know, once once I accept your friend requests, like shout out to me, slide into my DMs, if you will, and say, hey, girl, um, I'm just friending you because, like, I, I like your podcast because, you know, I'm human. It would make me feel good. And, you know, whatever. Anyway, enjoy the this first week for some of you. Enjoy, some of you are, like, on your second or third week of summer. But enjoy your summer. I hope everybody's being safe. I hope everybody's enjoying some camps. Uh, you've got Summerfest coming up. You've got Thespian Professional Development coming up real soon here in Humble and Atascacita High School. Uh, so I'm super stoked for that because I get to see some of you people there. Uh, but anyway, I hope everybody's doing well, and I hope you enjoyed this week's interview with Mr. Rick Higginbottom. And Blake, thanks a lot for for uh, asking me to be part of your program today. I uh, I'm trying to remember back that far. I, I'm not often asked, and I'm I'm, I'm having to kind of. Uh, sweep out some of the cobwebs right now. I was actually uh, born, I'm Texas, born and raised. I was born in San Antonio. I was one of uh, four, I have three siblings and my dad worked in the hospital business. My mom was a stay-at-home mom and uh, we moved around a little bit. Uh, Spent most of my growing up years out in sort of north central Texas, a little town uh, named Alney, which is near... um, Uh, Wichita Falls and Graham and Newcastle for people that are familiar with that part of the state. But anyway, I had a pretty just normal childhood, you know, did the little league baseball and and so forth. And uh, as my dad changed jobs, we eventually ended up in Houston and then in East Texas, specifically Tyler. He worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield. And so that got me over to uh, Robert E. Lee High School, where I uh, where I ended up getting my uh, you know, graduating from back in 1975. And, uh, you know, as far as sort of how that got me all into theater, all I can remember is that, that I, I was always a talker uh, and, and talked too much. I uh, was told that frequently and, and got in trouble sometimes because I, I didn't know when not to talk. But uh, my, uh, my mom used to tell me because I, argued so much said you know rick you uh you know you ought to be on the debate team you you should you should try debating when you when you get to high school and of course i she was saying this to me when i was in middle school and i i really didn't know much about that sort of thing but i i was i i wasn't a guy that always liked to be in in the, the the one in the center of the room to be that guy uh but i i did enjoy communicating with others. I, I, I enjoyed, uh, you know, being creative. I, I did a little bit of theater when I was in middle school, but just like the the school plays, the class plays, whatever, nothing serious. And then when I got to high school, didn't ever end up chasing down debate, but, uh, got to high school and, and took a theater class there at Robert E. Lee and Tyler. And, uh, just in time for my senior year and did a couple of plays that year, uh, did a, ball play and uh, uh, the, the one act play. 
and maybe a spring play too. Yeah, we did Annie Get Your Gun. And I played, I remember playing Little Jake and I had a lot of fun with that. But uh, that that's kind of where it ended. You know, at that point in time, I wasn't thinking in terms of um, studying it in college or, or if I did, I, I had not thought about it seriously. Well, I got out to Tyler Junior College and of all things, I was majoring in sociology. I don't know nothing against that. I just don't know how I arrived at that. I, I can't remember what, what made me want to want to study that. But I, I was also trying to play a little bit of tennis. I was in what they called then the recreational leadership program. And what it did, it prepared you to be a, a pro at a tennis club or, uh, you know, to give lessons and whatnot. And I had, uh, pl- and I had played a little tennis at, uh, at Robert E. Lee when I was there. And, um, so I was, I was chasing that down. And in, in one of my uh, classes, I, I had a, a theater class I, that I was taking as an elective because I, I, I had an interest in it. And this fellow said, hey, uh, we're, doing a, we're doing a play right now and we're needing some actors. Why don't you come to a rehearsal and, and maybe you can be a part of it. And so I took him up on it and I did. And uh, I ended up being a part of it. I think uh, I, think I worked uh, backstage on that production that would have been in about 1977, the fall of 77. And um, some, I, I, I don't know if that's when the bug bit, I, I, I guess technically the bug bit back my senior year in high school, but, but now it was college. And I got there with people from other programs and saw really how much fun it could be because I had just stepped in my senior year at Robert E. Lee to do theater. So I, I, I hadn't had all this background in it. But when I got there on the, you know, on the college scene doing it, I, I, I really enjoyed it. it. It was like, you know, it was like a nice group, sort of a, uh, an eclectic group of, of people that, you know, you spend a, end up spending a whole lot of time with Blake, as you know, and became good friends. And the next thing I knew, I was auditioning for plays and changing my major over to, uh, to theater. And, that's where I got the lion's share of my experience uh, educationally, starting my freshman year in college. And and Blake, I, you know, college took a long time for me. I I was on the fifteen year plan, man. And uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of people like uh, <laughs> it finished up a lot easier than me. I uh, I jumped all over the place. I was at. Uh, uh, what was East Texas State at the time, now Texas A&M Commerce, and then North Texas State, and uh, jumped around a little bit, came back to TJC once or twice to get some extra courses in, but finally, in uh, in 1990, I uh, graduated from UT Tyler with a degree in uh, speech communications and a minor in theater. Would have been a major in theater, but at that point in time, UT Tyler did not have a theater major, but you could minor in it. So uh, that's that's how I ended up doing that. And somewhere in the last couple of years leading up to my graduation date, 1990, I thought, you know, wonder about teaching this. And I'll be honest with you, uh, to, to, to wonder about teaching theater. I I had not had this lifelong burning desire to be an educator. I hadn't. I mean, some people know they want to do that. I, I hadn't. My reasons were purely that uh, at the time I said, you know, 
uh, I, my little girl, she's, she's growing up and I want to spend as much time with her as I can. And, you know, this, this teaching profession would give me an opportunity to have some summers with my daughter and, and be able to get out and do things and not have work schedules interrupting. And we can just go on all kinds of adventures and have some fun. And so that sounded like a great schedule for a dad, you know, to be able to do some things. And uh, so I said, yeah, and, and I, I can, and, and I'll be teaching something that I love, something that I do. That's part of my life. I mean, how can you beat that? So that's what originally uh, drove me into education. And I started teaching, I guess my first year to teach would have been right after I graduated. Um, so that next year, I think the 90 or 91 at White House High School. And that's where it started. And now uh, in White Oak, uh, I'm just finishing up my 27th year. I, I, I got into this uh, education thing later than a lot of folks did because um, uh, I worked in the broadcasting business for a lot of years. Uh, I didn't start teaching until my early 30s. So I didn't, you know, as I explained a minute ago and how I got into it and what led me there, uh, I, I didn't do it coming right out of college. Uh, when, I came, when I came out of college, uh, uh, you know, first thing we wanted to do was let's, let's go give this theater thing a try. And so um, me and, uh, and, and again, working at radio uh, intermittently through all of this, uh, but uh, a couple of guys that I had been in college, uh, a good friend and one that I'd gone to college with decided to go to New York. Uh, two of us had been, uh, had auditioned for the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and had uh, decided to, to go up there. And the other one was just going to go and, hang his shingle and see what he could hustle up out there. And anyway, we, we got out there and, uh, it was quite a, quite an experience. I got to tell you, um, uh, you know, here's, I'd never been to New York before, never been, and I'm still pretty young. I mean, you know, I'm still in my twenties and believe me, I seemed young at the time anyway, it seems very young now, but, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, got up there and it was, wow. What, uh, what an eye-opening experience. Uh, of course, never, we weren't there for very long. Uh, I, uh, I can remember sitting down after I said, you know, this just, I don't think this is going to work out for me. Uh, I sat down with one of the guys that I'd gone up there with, and I said, uh, <clears throat> man, I, I'm thinking maybe we ought to point this thing back towards Texas. And he looked at me and he smiled. And he said, Rick, said, that's how I've been feeling since the first day we got here. And he had never said anything to me, but we'd never had the conversation before. So uh, anyway, it was, uh, we, we decided to come back. And, uh, and so I can remember we loaded up and uh, we were sharing a very small apartment. I was actually, you know, these little apartments, they have these little efficiency, these kitchenettes, if you will. Uh, uh, the three of us were sharing this place and paying an outrageous sum of money at, at, well, an outrageous sum of money for it. It was on uh, Central Park West. And I was actually sleeping in the little kitchenette, but, uh, you know, it had the old radiator in the room. 
<laughs> the heat hadn't been turned on yet because it wasn't winter and uh we, they were still waiting on the weather to really get cold before they started turning it on down in the basement so uh those were some 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 interesting stories but uh uh we decided the the third member of our party decided to stay and continue studying at the american academy and me and my my friend loaded up and uh, came back to texas we started off on a on a train got as far as chicago decided hey the train travel is fun but we really wanted to get back to texas quicker so we got on the plane and flew from o'hare back to dfw and got back here and and I'm, I'm so glad that it came back because it wasn't long after that that i met my wife and uh and i'm just i'm, I'm thankful to god that that you know i made the decision to come back right. uh you know you look back at your life and the decisions you make and what corners you walk around and what you do or don't do and and you go man god had this thing all figured out man it was perfect and i'm, I'm glad that i I followed the pathway, but uh, got back to Texas and uh, and you know was still dragging out my, my my college. I was taking courses hit and miss. I take one here, take one there, and try to build it up. And eventually, get enough hours that I could graduate. So uh, when I when I did get back to Texas, I had a little bit that I had yet to finish up on, and so I got those finished. Got my education courses, like I mentioned earlier. And then uh, finished up in 1990 and, and stepped into the world of educational theater. And it's been fun because along the way, I have, uh, you know, because you, you teach it, you love it. And I'll be honest with you, directing, directing is fun. I mean, it, it just gives you so many, uh, there are just so many different ways uh, to to, to be a part of a show as a director, you know, now, especially at the educational levels, you know, I mean, you're, you're dealing with costumes and lights and sound and, you know, I, well, I love creating soundscapes for yeah. shows. It's just all that stuff. It's just <clears throat> so much, so enjoyable for me, but I really, uh, uh, acting was what I always enjoyed the most. Like I say, well, back when the, when the bug bit, that was, I mean, there was just a, there was a freedom in, in being on stage and telling stories. There was just something, the world was just right when, 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 I, when I was doing that. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's you, it, it doesn't matter how nervous you are, how panicky you are. Uh, you, you can be standing over in the wings, just running over those lines the last couple of times before you step out on stage, but then you get out there and it's like, man, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, and as I was directing my students, it just, I, I just getting up there and helping them and showing them how to do things and just going, man, I, I would love to be able to step back and do some of this myself and, and let someone, you know, have the directing duties and, and to get up here and be on stage. And, uh, I enjoyed I, I I enjoyed directing, but ultimately, what I enjoy most is is being on stage and acting. That's that's what I enjoy the most. And uh, so uh, I picked up the phone after I'd been <clears throat> oh gosh, I guess I taught a couple of years at White House, and then I went to Gladewater High School from there. I and, and I should have mentioned that earlier. I I taught at White House twice, 
I taught at Gladewater. I taught at White Oak twice, twice, twice. And then I've also taught at Spring Hill High School and then Robert E. Lee and Tyler for one year. But when I was over in Gladewater back in the, I guess this was probably the middle to late, would have been the late 90s, yeah. Uh, I said, you know, there's this Texas Shakespeare Festival thing that I've been hearing about. Uh, that started back in 1986 and uh, it's in Kilgore and I I knew who the artistic director was his name was Raymond Caldwell and I just I just called him up out of the blue I was actually at I don't know that that may have been the year I, I, I may have called him up from a theater conference convention that I was at but I I introduced myself and I said look uh can anybody come out and, and audition for the Texas Shakespeare Festival? And he said, absolutely. And so I worked out a time with him and went out and, uh, and auditioned and got my foot in the door there. And let's see, my first season to work there would have been, I believe, in 1999. So about 21, 22 years ago. I do it wrong on the math, but uh, and I and so right now I'm in the uh, well, I'm I'm in my ninth season, ninth non consecutive season there, obviously. Uh, but uh, it's been uh, it's been wonderful. I mean, how how many opportunities do you have in your life when you're living 20 minutes away from one of the top Shakespeare festivals? in the country and one of the few that's been able to keep their doors open uh, not just because of the pandemic but just because of funding and so forth and this is the 35th season uh, that we're preparing for right now we, we you know last year obviously we had to table it uh, because of covid but uh, uh, we just postponed it bringing back the, the same shows that uh, we would have done last summer and we're doing this year so uh we're we're in there but i mean to to just have all that right here in my backyard and to and you know to have a have a group that's willing to have me back and let me be a part of it what a what a great thing for an old actor that somebody's you know there there's there's opportunities there and so uh so like i say this is this is my uh this is my my ninth season right now and I've just had some wonderful memories out there and had a chance. Yeah, it's, it's great because not only do you get to work under wonderful directors and be around this colony of artists that they bring in and just watch the process, you know, what, what, what these amazing people do uh, with their acting, their directing, their, their design, uh, just the costumes they put together and just the amazing work that goes on there. And you realize uh, what, well, how blessed you are to get to be a part of something like that. And so, uh, yeah, that, uh, and, and I tell you those, those, uh, early audition days, uh, you know, that's, that's something uh, that's, that's the job interview for the actor and you've got to learn to master that. And, uh, I, uh, I had not mastered it. <clears throat> and I remember one of my early auditions for Raymond Caldwell, uh, I had to sing 
Uh, that was part of the deal. Now, when I was, and that's part of the actor's tool back now, you, you need to have some voice lessons because if you're going to be part of, you know, summer rep somewhere, a regional theater, it's a real good chance that yep. musicals are going to be a part of it. And you better have that, you know, that tool in the kit there. Well, I, I didn't and still don't. And uh, I'm, I'm one of those that they, you know, if, if they do need me in a musical, they're going to find a way to put me in a character role or something that uh, singing is not going to be a big issue. I never had any training in that, but I did have to audition with a song. And so I have no idea. I, I must have hit my head on something before I made the decision to do this, but I picked out something from uh, Phantom of the Opera, which was a huge mistake for me. Yeah. And I had no right touching anything from that show, but I decided I, I'd listened to a rendition of it on a CD uh, and I said, oh, okay, well, I'll try that one. So I worked on it. I went in there. Of course, you do it acapella. And <clears throat> I can remember Raymond was looking at me in that audition room. And his eyes were about that big around. And I, I think his mouth had actually started to open. Uh, and I, that, that shocked look on his face uh, when I finished, it was this glassy eyed look on his face. Like he had seen something awful that he had never, never seen. And, and, and Raymond was such a kind gentleman. He would never have done anything to want to make me feel bad, but he's a human being and his eyes had glazed over. And he finally, he, he said, and when he snapped out of it, he said, that very nice, Rick, that very nice. Uh, could I get you to do something else? do you know the words to you are my sunshine, my only sunshine? Yeah. It's simpler. I actually, uh, at least he didn't say, do you know, happy birthday, you know? So uh, I, uh, I, uh, I struggled through you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. And <laughs> I still, I, to this day, I'll tell Raymond that story. And I don't think that he remembers it, but, and I'm, you know, it's, it, it was just, it, it was funny at the time, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I had a chance to uh, form a, a really good relationship uh, with him and, uh, and, and of course the, the, you know, the entire Shakespeare festival. And so have been blessed to get to be out there uh, a, a number of times and uh, Raymond Caldwell, of course, he uh, stepped down as the artistic director last year and the new uh, artistic director is, Megan Simpson, her and her husband, Matt, had been associate uh, directors there for, for some time, but she's the artistic director now. He, uh, he's still part of the staff, and they're both acting this summer as well as uh, working in their, their uh, managerial uh, roles there at TSF. So, okay. and uh, it's anyway, it's, uh, uh, it's a lot of fun because, I mean, so school ends, exams are over, and usually you're, you're going right into rehearsals. And of course the festival ends up lasting about 10 weeks. Actors are under contract for about 10 weeks. So this will all wrap up. We'll get, we'll get everything struck just in time for me to go back to school in August. Yeah. So it keeps me, keeps me hopping, but <laughs> it keeps me on board, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What would, what, what do you think you would do? Like the summers that you took off, cause you said nine non-consecutive years, what, what were you doing in those summers? Were you taking vacations you know, or, you know, stuff well, there uh, a couple of the times Blake you know one one year I know I worked with the youth at my church and uh, we just you know had a kind of a 
a youth program and some outings and some things that I needed to be free for. Uh, other times, yeah, I just just don't want to do it this summer. Right. I want to vacation with the family and and uh, had some some great memories there. Go down to you know Disney and and uh, see some different places that we've been able to go. So yeah, it was just uh, just just breaks for other things. What what made you you know because you kind of got into the game a little late. Uh, Shakespeare's not exactly the easiest thing to a fall in love with and b master as an actor. But so what what was it about Shakespeare the 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 language and such that made you want to go do uh, the summer festival? You know, Blake, I I guess that all started for me when I was in college. Uh, you know. Back then, uh, you know, you could go over to the library and you could check out some albums, which were cast recordings of plays. And I can remember going over to one of the rooms and checking out the recording of Peter Finch doing Richard III. And, you know, you, when, you're, when you're in theater, and, you know, I mean, Shakespeare is like, you know, a revered name and word. And you hear that, you go, man, that's that's like the ultimate. If I could if I can do Shakespeare, if I can find a way to uh, to bring that to the stage and, and 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 try to help people forget that it's Shakespeare, but it's another human being talking uh, about something wouldn't that be great if I could do that on stage? I, and so I, I, I listened to Peter Finch do Richard III. I would listen to Olivier, John Gilgood, and I would, I would hear these, these men master this beautiful, beautiful language. And I think, I think the seed just got planted there. It was just so amazing to hear them speaking those words and then to watch the movies and, and just the, hearing the poetry just, just hearing the words come the way the way they tasted them and all that they did with them and the and the beautiful pictures that the language painted and and as my respect for and knowledge of Shakespeare deepened, it just it, it was just something that I wanted to do. I, I just stories that are still worth telling hundreds of years. Later, uh, you know, and, and, and interestingly enough, just as a, a side note, one of the one of the plays that's being done as part of the repertory this summer. I'm, I'm not in this particular one, but it's called the Book of Will, and it's a it's about these two guys that were responsible for gathering Shakespeare's works after his death and getting them into the you know that that first folio and uh, and preserving them. But just you know just the beauty the beauty of the language and and the desire to to want to be able to speak that poetry and speak that language it just lit a fire in me yeah and it's it's weird to this day you know going back to that peter finch album i i listened to it so many times blake that i learned that opening monologue and since i guess i was about i guess i've been about 19 20 years old I can't tell you how many times I've used that for an audition. And it, it all started just with a cast recording right. of Peter Finch's Richard III. And that's, 
I guess that's where the seed was planted. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, interesting. <laughs> interesting uh, little tidbit for you. But uh, so not to keep on the, the late bloomer theme, but because uh, I don't want to necessarily label you as a late bloomer, but I do want to ask a question about, you, you mentioned your senior year in high school is kind of when things, uh, the ball started get, you know, got rolling. As an yeah. educator now, does that help you tell a kid, hey, it's never too late to, and then, you know, dot, 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 or, uh, you know, do, does does that kind of help you recruit, encourage, uh, motivate students to say, hey, if, if, if you don't want to start something until, you know, your, your X number of ages, uh, then, then do it, you know, just, just, just start it when you, when you want to. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever put it in exactly those words, Blake. Well, my words are not very like, eloquent, so hopefully. You well, don't. no, 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 no. I didn't. Not, not, not referencing your eloquence. No, not that at all. I just, I, I was sitting here as you were saying that I was going, you know, I need, I, I, I need to use that. I, that that's, that's a great point because it, it's never too late. And, and I, I've, I've never really uh, had that conversation uh, with them, anyone per se, but it's certainly, yeah. I mean, it is, it is something worth, uh, you know, worth noting uh, that, you know, you can, you can get into something later. And I, I think in a lot of ways that probably uh, launched me into this maybe on an even higher trajectory, just because it was, there was all this inside that, that I hadn't released or hadn't gotten in on starting in high school. Uh, and then college is kind of where it, where it started exploding. But, uh, but, you know, you talk about working with the kids, Blake, you know, it is, you know, I tell them all the time. I do say this to them. Uh, I say, you know, uh, I, well, first off, I, I'm, I'm in awe of, of things that I see from, from my kids when I go, you know, when I started doing this my senior year in high school, I thought I knew what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I, it, it, not only was I a late bloomer, but I just, I, I just, there was so much I didn't know, but like so many teenagers, you, you couldn't tell me that. I thought I knew a lot about it and, and I didn't, and I didn't find out how much I didn't know until I, until I got to college. So I see kids now and I go, man, you know, they're like freshmen and sophomores. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going, these guys are doing things that I wasn't doing till I got to college and they're getting this early start on it. And so I, I try to encourage them and, 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 and let them know that, look, you know, you may be, you may have some other, I'm going to let my wife get that right quick. Just so we, Is that a landline? The old teleprompters, yeah. <laughs> teleprompters, sorry. Did I just say teleprompters? I guess I just finished yeah. doing 1984. Tele Telegraph, I? yeah. The, yeah, there you go. The old, uh, the, the telemarketers, there we go. That's what I meant to say. But uh, uh, trying to pick pick back up on my train of thought. Talking yeah, I just about, try yeah. to tell the kids, uh, you know, if, if, if I can do this, you can. Yeah. You're already doing more wonderful work than, than I even conceived of at the high school level. You guys are already scratching dirt and, and learning things that I didn't start learning till I got into college. So I guess back to your original question, I, I, I do use my getting into it as a, as a launching point for some of the things I try to encourage them with. 
you know? Yeah. Good. Yeah. The, and, and also, you know, one thing that resonated with me, I, I, I was a long time college kid too. I wasn't as long as you, but, uh, you know, I, th- that nobody was, yeah, that, that whole, that whole, you know, <laughs> you're in college long enough to get a PhD, but you don't, you know, you leave with a, just a bachelor's. Yeah, I did that. I did that same thing too. Uh, so you, you also mentioned something that resonated with me because I have, I have two daughters. Um, and so you mentioned, you know, going into education, uh, partially because you wanted to make sure you, you had time to spend with your daughter and the summer and, you know, even winter break and things like that. Uh, did you end up realizing maybe you were a little wrong about, about, you know, all the time, you know, I know we get summers off and traditionally we, we do a pretty good job of keeping our summers, but you know, when it comes to that winter break and maybe rehearsing through Thanksgiving a little bit, or, or did you make sure that you scheduled yourself to say, no, 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 I'm going to take this time to be a father. Uh, because you know, as a, once you get into that theater, uh, flow, you start to struggle with, Oh man, do you know? Do I, do I continue to to make sure I've got time for family, or you know, because that other families, they they are family. You know, the the theater kids are 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 your home away from home, because mm-hmm. you probably spend more time with them than your family. But, uh, you know, where did that where did that end up? How how did that end up ironing out for you? And I'm sure it took time to to kind of figure out that that system for you. Well, uh, I guess one of the the best answers or where I can start with that is referencing something that we discussed earlier about my, my time. <laughs> I was looking at a picture my wife showed me of a, uh, of a cast picture I had with a group when I was in Lido. <laughs> uh, we did, we did Mary Stewart uh, okay. one year. And that's anyway, a little that cameo. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh yeah. Come here. Let me, let me, let me see that real quick. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I will. I will hold this up. I don't know how well you can see it. You know what? I, I don't think it's going to show. Yeah, with the well. there it is. Oh, there, there, yeah, they're popping through. There yeah, the girl yeah, yeah. in the red dress. Yeah, uh, play Mary Stewart. That's my daughter. Okay. <laughs> and so my that it was one a of family the cool affair. things. Yeah. Uh, about about is my my daughter pursued it, and yeah. so uh, uh, not only was I getting, you know, to obviously spend time with her here at home, but up there as well. And it would annoy her a lot of times because I would find myself coming home and still giving her feedback, giving her notes. And she said, dad, you know, you didn't follow the other kids home and you're not doing that with them. So enough, you know, so she, she laid the ground rules on that pretty early, but, but back, you know, you're, you're talking about the, the time. Yeah. You know, I've, I've always been protective of, of my time. Uh, my personal time. Now, when I was first in this, and again, I, I got into it a little bit later, but still, I was just as gun ho as somebody coming out of, you know, right out of college to their first job. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, you know, I'd have kids up, we, we'd be rehearsing, you know, seven, eight o'clock to 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. There's no telling how many parents I upset uh, back in those days. And it was just like, you know, I'm going to come home. I'm going to eat something real fast. I'm going to drive back up to the theater and we get done late. And we'll do it again tomorrow. As and, and anybody that's, that's done theater knows, knows how that works out, especially if you've done it at college and so forth and uh, how that scheduling goes. But as I got on into it and uh, you know, I, 
not only not only the summers and the winter breaks and the other times that you have away from teaching, but also just during the day. I mean, you know, after school, a lot of times the directors will you know, use that evening time to rehearse. And and I do mine in the afternoons because I want to come home at night. I want to see my wife. Yeah. I want to just turn everything off and I'll go back and do it again the next day. So I've, I've tried Blake over the years to, to protect that time. Now, all that said, you're exactly right. That becomes another family yep. and you do, you do spend an enormous amount of time with them. And if you go into theater and you think it's going to be some other way, you don't need to do theater. I mean, you, you that's a life that you choose. And, and, if, and if you're going to, I mean, when you think, especially, you know, you, you get into one act. And so you, you think about one act, you think about traveling to clinics, you think about all the time on the bus, you think about hotels and all the different things that, that are involved with that, that process. Uh, it's, uh, you're, you're, you're taking on something very special, but you know, and anybody that's done it knows the rewards are off the charts. I mean, I getting, knowing that, you know, I saw my little girl uh, walk up on stage and get an all-star cast uh, yeah. award for her role in Blood Wedding, you know, or what Mary Stewart, whatever it happens to be, Best Actress Award in Mary Stewart. You go, I, I got to be there and see that. And I, and I got to I got to also still hang out with her and, and you know, be a dad, not just a director. So it's great when the two overlap like that. But uh, those other kids become very much a part of your life as well. And they are spending as much time sometimes with you yeah. as they do their families at home. Yeah. And, and uh, you, so that's an investment. And, uh, you know, sometimes you know, I'm a little more sentimental about it right now uh, because, you know, we just had uh, graduation recently. Yeah. But, you know, you see these kids and you don't always think about it when they're freshmen or they're sophomores, but then they, they get up, you know, to graduation time. And then you just you kind of look back and take stock and and roll the roll the tape, if you will, where they started, where they ended up and how they developed and grew as a, as a human being. You're in some cases, you're you're a surrogate parent, uh, you know, and and. Uh, and so there's a there's a big responsibility in that, but there's also a big payoff. And I, you know, there, I mean, you know, you're sitting here at home, and uh, you know, watching TV some night, and you hear a knock on your door, and you go over there, and there's a one of your former students uh, with a, a girl standing next to him who's holding a little baby. I said, "Hey, Mr. Higg, I." I just wanted to show you our new daughter. I wanted to drop by and let you meet our new daughter, you know? And, and, and I, I mean, I know coaches and people in all uh, parts of education have, have those, those stories. It's not just uh, exclusive to theater, but it is special because you, you do, you go through a lot of highs and lows and ups and downs. I mean, you sit out in an audience next to kids waiting to hear, an announcement about a play or, you know, you're, you're going through those growing pains and workshops and, and, or, or comp, you know, maybe things they have going on 
at home, personal things. This past year, COVID, you know, quarantines, and you're, 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 you're sifting through all the other things that are going on in your life, and then trying to get in there and, and have, a, have a rehearsal for something. And so you, 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 you are like a family in a lot of ways. You laugh together, you cry together, you, you, you argue, you get on each other's nerves, you forgive each other, you, you know, you just, it, it's, it's a lot of growing pains, but none of them that you would give back because you come out of it better and hopefully so do the kids. Minor wisdom.